Welcome to the Frontline Response to Health and Homelessness podcast series. This series is based on the articles published in the March 2020 edition of Parody Magazine, which is available on the link accompanying the podcast. That magazine and this series give voice to those with lived experience of homelessness, those working on the front line, and those that support the sector in delivering services to people who are homeless. My name is Dan Fleming, and I'm delighted to introduce our host, John Willis, who leads the inclusive health team for St. Vincent's Health Australia. John's going to introduce our guest in just a moment. As we're recording during the COVID-19 pandemic, both John and our guest will be with us by phone for this episode. John Willis, over to you. Oh, thanks, Dan. And it's my wonderful pleasure to welcome Jacoba to the podcast series. Um, how are you? You well? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, brilliant. Great to have you on. Now, let me um, introduce Jacoba. So Jacoba is a young woman who's experienced homelessness um, and now uses her lived experience as a role as a peer resettlement support worker with the Salvation Army and assists people with a chronic experience of homelessness who have been newly housed and helping them to you know, settle, resettle and maintain their tenancy. She's also a member of the Lived Experience Advisory Group at Launch Housing, um, where she contributes to Launch's services policy and advocacy. And that's where I came in contact with you, Jacobin, through Launch. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the, the, the context of getting you on our podcast series was you were going to participate in our forum back in March before COVID-19 <laughs> hit, <laughs> which changed yeah. me, many of our lives, didn't it? And we were going to talk at that particular event. We were going to launch the Parity magazine and discuss homelessness services across St. V's. And I was really keen to have someone like yourself, Jacob, be journeying with us on that day as someone who has a lived experience of homelessness and to get your, in thoughts, your thoughts and insights into the presentations um, from, our, from our services and also some of the chapters of the book, I mean, the podcast series, uh, the, um, let me get this right here, the um, Parity magazine. They're all intertwined. So they are, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking about this way too much. Yeah. So let, let me start off, if we could start off our conversation. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience of homelessness and on what it was like to try and get access to health services? Absolutely, John. Well, I've um, had similar experiences to many do and something that John mentioned to coming a podcast um, as well, that moving around constantly and being transient means that you're not able to link in with a regular GP or even, you know, get regular appointments. It wasn't, I don't even, I still, to this day, I'm not sure, quite sure where all my me medical records are all, all across Melbourne. Yeah, and right. <laughs> it's all, you know, it's very hard and it means that um, you're having to retell your situation and your story over and over again, um, mm. which is incredibly hard and it makes sense why a lot of people that are um, chronically homeless will end, you know, present at emergency wards because they're not, you know, it's it, it may be that they've tried other options and, here they are. So mm. it's very difficult, yes. Yeah. And I think we've heard on this podcast series the, the trauma that many people who have experienced homelessness have and retelling mm. that story time and time again must yes. have a huge impact, I'd say. 
absolutely. It's 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 so hard. It's hard. It's like very hard to say to someone that you feel comfortable with, let alone a new person that mm. you know is there that you you'd want to feel safe with and you want to build that relationship with. But it's the initial retelling of that storing that trauma is incredibly difficult. But the problem is if you don't tell them, you know what's happened, what you need help with, then you also there's not enough information for you to receive that help. So it's, it, it is, it's really tricky. Mm. Now, if we're all in a room, we could say hands up those who've felt comfortable with their GP and who hasn't, yeah. um, <laughs> but we can't exactly. do that. But look, no. I think many of us have had that experience with a doctor where, you know, some doctors you feel great with and others you don't. Um, yeah. That's pretty normal and natural, but yeah, yeah look, I, I can see, I can see that being really challenging when you've got a, a, a story that, or a, a background that's um Got got a, a few other issues in there that are challenging. Exactly, and contributes mm. to your physical health. Yeah. 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 Well, look, let's go move on to the parody magazine. This edition. Now, yeah. you've had a chance to have a, a skim through some of these. Yeah. Some of these articles, and there's a lot of hope-filled stories from people accessing health services, um, yeah. and re- you know, stories of receiving really good service. So, I, I suppose I was interested from from your perspective. You talked a little bit about GPs just before then. Have you had a, any similar experiences of a good interaction with the health service? Absolutely, I've had um, I've had quite a few, and um, during my hospital stays, especially the the care received was impeccable. It was just the transition after um, that needed work and health services mm-hmm. that um, were presenting at um, places like Front Yard Youth Services in the city. That was amazing to be able to go and see a health professional in, in a similar setting to if I was in a new suburb and going into a walk-in centre, but it, you know it's a safe space and I felt safe and comfortable there and so um, stress enough how important it is to have health professionals at um, almost, every, you know, it would be great to have them at every access homelessness access point so that mm. people can receive this type of care from someone that they feel comfortable with. Um, yeah. because it's not, you know, yeah, no one else, they don't know your story until you've told them, but there's at least a bit of an understanding already there, which yeah. I think, you know, is a little bit lacking from the curriculum um, with um, health professionals that aren't community nurses or community-based. Yeah. Yeah, we did interview someone from Front Yard in this podcast yeah. series, actually. Well, in fact, I think maybe even two, um, uh, two different articles were written it's around Front Yard. Amazing, the change. Yes, yes. Yeah. But and it's it's huge. Yeah, I'm just happy that it's um, still going strong. And yeah, the changes have been amazing. So those are health professionals that have a broader understanding of health and understand people who are coming from different backgrounds in a, in a slightly more holistic kind of way, which is yes. what we really need more of, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, you're working as a peer support worker at the Salvation Army and you're also um, a lived experience advisory group member at launch. So could you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about these roles? These are, are, are relatively new roles. We've had a few peer workers on the podcast series so far, but I'm interested what what are you? What are the roles that you're performing, and how do these benefit the services that the organisations are trying to provide to people who are homeless? It is new. It's um, the league has been going for three years, and I've been involved um, for just under a year, which has been. So the league, um, the league's the Lift Experience Advisory Group. Just for those. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> That's quite okay. Lift Experience Advisory Group. Um, yep. 
It's similar to a program called PESC that um, is the peer um, education support program that's run through Council of Homeless Programs. Yep. Um, person, <laughs> Council of Homeless Persons. Um, yes. And it's, yeah, we provide, so we're, it's sort of using our experience of lived experience of homelessness to influence um, policy change um, and to yeah ex- tell our, use our story to educate and bring awareness um, and it's we attend a monthly meeting um, and speak then about what's coming up in the sector what what is happening that we could um, influence or advocate for. How can we um, vocalise with ex- people with lived experience and and use their you know make sure that their voice and their ex- like ideas and representation are included in any big decisions being made about our care really and the care that will affect clients in the future. Um, so mm. that's been really amazing and um, it's a great um, supportive group and really. You know, I was starting to value my lived experience for a couple years before getting into the group, but it is amazing how much more, how you continue to value um, your own voice as well as the voice of others, like being involved in such a group. Mm. So there's a there's a support between peers. And yeah. Are those that are the mainstream workers, if you like, um, working yeah. these agencies, are they? been really open and receptive to hearing your perspective? Have they been yes, quite open to mm. Absolutely. They come in um, and they'll sit on, on our meetings. Um, they'll present things that are coming up that they'd like our perspective on. Um, and if they're not, if they can't actively physically be in the meeting, they'll be passing on things through Sharon, um, who's our team leader. Um, and they'll be making sure that yeah, our voice and our import are are implemented at at any decision making they do. So they yes, the um, staff without lived experience have been amazing um, and yeah, really wanting to um, consult us on 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 a wide range of issues and um, and changes mm. they're hoping to make. So a highly valued voice within the structure yeah. of an organisation to create the services and continue to develop and refine them. Well, that's extremely positive. I think that's what a lot of organisations need to get that voice into their, into their structures. So that, oh, that's brilliant. So just, just a little uh, side note for St Vincent's, we've, um, we've employed uh, someone called a lived experience partner um, and that's joined us yeah. at our national level. So that's oh. been a bit, bit of a new journey for us. So that's... Um, yeah. yeah got, so early days, probably only been about six months or so, I think, three or six months. Yeah, it's amazing. I think um, I have the last um, year, two years, I, I keep hearing about these lived experience roles being implemented and advertised and it's, and it's brilliant because just that role existing gives another person going through something similar with a bit of hope that... My, what I'm going through right now will be valuable and will be valuable to someone. This I, I will make a difference within within an organisation actually using my lived experience rather than running away from it. So, yeah, I think it, yeah that, it's brilliant. And more and more, I keep hearing more and more roles being um, created and opened and it's, it's fantastic. Well, I think governments have been saying for you know for many many years we need to listen to our patients, we need to listen to our clients, yes. um, and we do surveys and all this 
all these sort of things. But I think having someone on staff to work and yeah. journey with an organisation is the next step and it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Oh, that's yeah. great. So look, now I was just going to ask, um, as I've done most people in this podcast series, Jacoba, um, the COVID-19 situation. <laughs> now, yeah. we are at a, an interesting stage where restrictions across the country are being um, being loosened a little bit um, and so we're not as in strict the quarantine or lockdown as we have been. But how have you seen the whole COVID-19 and looking to post-COVID-19 affecting the way that homeless services should provide um, their services and and how do you think people are homeless? How are they coping? Or if you get if you got any sense of how things are going out there at the moment? I know that um, the response has been so amazing and so fast. Um, the RSI, RSI team, which is the Rough Sleepers Initiative, have oh, yeah. been working seven days um, to launch housing and have now housed um, over a 1,000 rough sleepers in short-term accommodation, which is incredible. Um, The worry is now, where are these people going to go? Because it is short-term, temporary accommodation. We do not want them now being released back into homelessness. We -hmm. want them to, now that this action has been taken and the funds have been for this short-term the long-term plan because their health is compromised, their immune system is compromised due to their lived experience. And now that restrictions are lifting, we don't want them to be released back into homelessness, so they're putting them at risk. Yep. It's Yeah, so it's really, it's it's quite a tense, you know, now it's the it's been absolutely amazing the response that's happened. We at Salvation Army as well, we're housing rough sleepers in the IBIS um, short term and a lot of them have never even been linked in with a casework or any services. Wow. So just right. getting them it's amazing and just mm. getting them linked in is a huge step. So there's been an amazing response and but I've been um, very impressive on homelessness sector and how they've responded, but it is concerning what will happen now and where will these people go. Mm. I think it's 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 been a common theme with people I'm speaking to, Jacoba, and so it's mm. um, I think where there is also a federal government inquiry into homelessness, which closes on the 11th of June, actually. Um, oh. So I think this needs to be raised. Um, yeah. we've, we've got we've got a, a once in a generation opportunity with so many people who are yeah. currently housed yeah. to do to to be able to transition them into a secure ongoing accom with the health support that they need. Exactly. Quite crucial. Yeah. Yes, yeah, setting them linked in and, um, and supported in ways they've never been before. It's so important. Oh, well, well anyone listening to this podcast, please, if, you, if it's before the 11th of June, I don't know if we'll get published by then, but if we yeah. do, get a submission into the federal government. But I think this um, continuing to lobby governments, both state and federal, about how we don't just tip people back into homelessness is really important. Yeah. Yes. So we're coming to the end of our chat, Jacobo. So the last question I had and, um, is about a, a story or an encounter that inspires you to, to keep doing the work that you're doing and your your amazing role to, to use your lived experience in, in the organisations you work for. So Jacobo, what would be a, a sort of a story or ex- encounter you'd like to share with us today? Um, I think it's more um, about... There's no real particular encounter, to be honest, but um, sure. when clients... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's quite <it's> okay. when, <laughs> um, clients 
speak, opening up to you and saying that they're starting to see a future for themselves mm. and they're starting to think about, oh, you know, maybe I would like to do peer work myself or maybe I'd like to get in, into this and and actually thinking that they can because so much of their life has been consumed of just surviving and just putting a roof over their head. And part of the work I do is to, because we, we usually, in casework, we have to tick off a lot of boxes and we're trying to find out their interests in part of settling them. Mm-hmm. And they've often had to push those aside for so many years and really forget who they are and lose their sense of identity. So when you hear them or wanting see them actively wanting to be um, to look towards the future and see that they even have a future is really really hopeful for me. Um, mm. And and makes me want to keep going because that's since what I can relate to as well is that you don't. It's very hard um, to to continue, you know, sometimes to continue or to feel like to feel motivated for anything when you don't feel like you have a future because of your lived experience. And to, so it's very important that they feel like they do have hope for a future and that they can feel like a house is a home. So mm-hmm. those that when I hear, yeah, when I hear them say, I'm interested in starting this or I'd really like to, um, you know, get involved in, in those groups. These are huge things for people that have been chronically rough sleeping for years. Um, mm. And those minimal, that is seen as minimal victories in the eyes of many um, are actually huge for these people. So that makes me really hope, hopeful and um, inspires me to keep going with it. Brilliant. It's, um, it's, it's a wonderful gift to have, Jacoby, to be able to see the best in and, and, and see the, the richness and gifts that these pe- that the people you're working with want to bring to, to life and to the community. Yeah. Uh, that's wonderful. Look, it's been an absolute pleasure, Jacoby. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you so much, John. Thank you for having me. To subscribe to a printed copy of Parody Magazine, visit chp.org.au forward slash parity. This podcast series has been developed by St Vincent's Health Australia. For more information about St Vincent's, visit www.svha.org.au. The music track for this podcast is called Slow Burn by Kevin MacLeod, host of incompetech.filmmusic.io and is licensed under the Creative Commons 4.0 by Attributions Licence. This information, information about our guests and more can be found in the text under the podcast description. Thanks for listening.